0: For those of you who know that I studied, first of all, in Hungary for two years, and uh, it was in 2000, and I went there, and we had some great teachers, but I was quite disappointed by one particular teacher. He is a very famous guy, and the way that he treated the students, I'm not going to go in details, and um, I basically um, turned off. This guy, his teaching, his ministry. I didn't want to hear anymore about him. And then uh, finished Bible school. Years later, three or four years later, I, I went back to Hungary and I was talking to one of the um, people that was uh, mentoring me during my training there. And uh, the name of this particular guy propped up. And I could see that I was really upset about it. And basically, I immediately referred to the point where this particular teacher had done something that had offended the student body, and particularly me. And the question was immediately asked to me from this guy, saying, we know about that. Have you still not forgiven him? Have you still got bitterness in your heart? So that made me think. Today, I just don't want to look at bitterness on the idea of hammering down and saying, guys, telling you off. I want to look at bitterness on the side of grace. And I want for us to think, Of how many times we like taking our cars to be MOT'd. And we do it freely. And I want to use the idea of grace as an an element that kind of MOT's our Christian life. And somehow it has to deal with the business. Because this is one of the parts of our lives. None of us is exempt from bitterness. None of us is exempt from unforgiveness. And none of us is exempt from the grace of the Almighty God. So this is this is the, the track that I am, I'm taking on. And we're going to look in two particular stories. We're going to look at the story of Naomi returning back. And we're going to look at the story of Joseph being sold by his brothers. And then we're going to come to the New Testament. And then we're going to look at what, what is there for us to do. Shall we pray? Lord, take these words and the reflections of our hearts, Lord, and the things that you prompt us with and use them for your glory this morning. Would you come, Lord, before you, before your throne of grace, Because we know, Lord, that as much as it's a difficult subject, this bitterness is something and we cannot do it on our own, Lord. So we need your help this morning to come and talk to us through your word. We need your help this morning, Lord, as we leave this building. And we need your help, Lord, this week and in the coming weeks to live out your word. So, Holy Spirit, inspire us this morning, enlighten us, purify us, for Jesus' sake, in whose name we pray. Amen. Somebody asked me this week saying what's triggered this subject and maybe some of it was personal experience some of it is conversations that I hear and I thought oh perhaps maybe we need to address it in our gathering but also we are people of the covenant And we have covenanted together. And in order for us to help growth, to help one another grow, perhaps we need to think and address this issue and pray for one another. I don't know different situations that trigger you to think about your own bitterness. I'm talking to different people. Sometimes it's the way that they've been raised up in their own family. Some people have got their way that they've been raised up in their own church. And sometimes um, I think denominations are more volatile, is that the right word? More um, expressive in this country than um, I've seen in other countries. But well, sometimes it's it's... The workspace, the workplace, sometimes it's a colleague, but sometimes it may be also one of us. I was talking to Dave uh, Carhill in the beginning of the service, and we were talking about the subject. And um, um, one of the things that he also suggested was that sometimes it is a national trigger and I can fully identify with that because I come from the Balkans and there is a lot of history and pain and stories that are passed on from generation to generation with full of hatred and unforgiveness Let's go to the story of Naomi. Ruth, she's in Kresh, actually. Ruth, chapter 1 and 2. Um, now, we know the story. I'll, I'll paraphrase it. This is the Maki version, the quick one. Here we've got a family who were living in Bethlehem. And um, Elimelech was the guy who was the head of the family, decided to move from Bethlehem, which was well, translated the place of bread, the country of bread. Because of a famine, he, was, he decided to move to a different country. And there, unfortunately, he dies. His sons dies, And Naomi, which was um, Elimelech's um, wife, becomes a widow. And she's got also two daughters-in-law. And one day, she decides to return home. And she, in conversations with her two um daughters-in-law, one decides to remain in Moab. The other one, Ruth, decides to remain loyal to her mother-in-law and follow her to Bethlehem. Now, here we've got Naomi. She is entering Bethlehem. Let's read from verse 19 of chapter 1. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? And she said to them, Don't call me Naomi. Now, Naomi means pleasant, sweet, Says, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, which is bitter. For the Almighty El Shaddai has dealt very bitterly with me. I went full, away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me? and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me. So Naomi returns and Ruth the Marbite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now I just wanted to point a few things here Perhaps the hurt has got Naomi so much, and she has clinged into that to the extent that has distorted her theology about God. Bitterness is a scary thing. Look what she says Don't call me Naomi. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Is that true? I don't think so. Because... If we see the story, it's very encouraging to be in this end of the story. When we see the story, God was providing Ruth, who's going to be the great 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 mother, great great grandmother of Jesus. And the historian here also puts something very interesting. He says, They both came to Bethlehem. At the beginning of the barley harvest. Spring. New life. And here we've got a lady who has been hurt from what has happened to her, what has been going on in the past to her. And she is struggling. Don't call me pleasant, call me bitter, because of what the Almighty El Shaddai has done to me. I was asked this week in what angles was I going to tackle bitterness, and again, honestly, before God, I'm not saying here before you as the expert on this thing. Before God, I say as well that I don't have the answers. But what I'm saying is I want to bring awareness that somehow we allow God's grace to tune our hearts. So there was this bitterness towards God. Do you struggle with that? Then we've got the story of Joseph. Very famous Old Testament story. In Genesis 37, if I'm right. Yeah, verse. um, In Genesis 37, verse 28, Joseph was sold by his brothers to some tradesmen as a slave. For 20 shekels of silver, 3728. And then the story goes on that somehow these uh, merchants trade again, and uh, Joseph happens to be uh, imprisoned in Egypt. He has a, a particular gifting in explaining dreams, he is able to explain the dream for Pharaoh. Because of this ability, God-given gift, he's appointed an administrator in Pharaohs uh, in Egypt. And then there is famine in Israel. And the father sends the remaining brothers to go and trade for some flour, for some things. And it's fascinating now, it is fascinating because I'm seeing it from a point of a Mediterranean, hot-blooded Mediterranean, having your brothers who have just sold you for 20 shekels of silver, and they totally forgotten about you, come and face you and they say, can you help us? So if we go to chapter 45 of Genesis... We're just going to look on here in two or three verses just to get the, the idea. We've got, they're just facing the brother and he has just um, told them who he is. And the immediate reaction is, uh-oh, we are in trouble. A tooth for a tooth. And an eye for an eye. We've sold this guy. We've told our dad, our father, that he's killed. We've even brought back the favorite uh, jumper with some blood of the animal, thinking that Joseph was killed. And here we've got to face this guy. Immediate response. Our heads are at risk. I see it from the perspective of Mediterranean, hot-blooded Mediterranean, what would happen. And the initial human thing is, well, they've been ruthless to you. Go for it, mate. Here's your chance. Again, the reason why I want to share this with you this morning is that it's made me think, and I want to bring awareness. Here we've got Joseph. It says, verse 1 of chapter 45, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with Joseph. And then he says to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer. Because they were totally dismayed at his presence. It's a powerful story. So Joseph says, come on near, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph, who you sold in Egypt. Yes, There is an acknowledgement of the past. But now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land those two years, and there, there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest come down to me verse 9 do not tarry this is the esv bitterness could joseph have chosen otherwise he probably could <coughs> is your bitterness is my bitterness towards a family member or a friend Unfortunately, bitterness is bad. I haven't told you anything new. The writer of Hebrews says that it's a root. And if we've got growth in mind, if we've got our own spiritual walk with God in mind that is growing, then perhaps... It's one of those bad roots that it looks nice and beautiful, but it doesn't help. Perhaps it looks nice and beautiful from the outside, but it's rotten from inside. Now, you'll be very pleased to know that this week I did some work in the garden. If it wasn't for my mom and my mother-in-law, I would have not been there, I tell you that. And we've got a nasty ivy who is going up the fence of our neighbor. And uh, if you look at the ivy from the outside, it's quite nice. Green leaves. If you water the leaves or if you put some water over the leaves, they might shine. So we decided to get rid of the ivy. Yes, getting rid of the green leaves, it was very easy. But then we found out that the ivy had got stuck onto the wooden fence. And you had these big branches that were stuck. And I said to Ruth, I said, I'm going to use this as an illustration. Because sometimes, within ourselves, everything may look fine. Green, beautiful from the outside, but perhaps we've got this kind of bitterness. Oh, I forgot you. You remember the bitter? Sorry, I've done something to it this time. <laughs> um, oh dear! <laughs> but it's it's very interesting. And the funny thing is that where you're trying to pull out these things from the, the fence, the wooden fence, trying not to destroy the neighbor's garden, they leave some marks. Bitterness. It's a nasty thing. What are we going to do about it? Because if we carry on and we've got this root that is stopping us to grow, we need to deal with it. But for the same reason, I started this sermon that we cannot do it on our own. We said it at the elders' meeting on this week for other things. That when we, as God's people, as a Christian community, acknowledge that we are not on our own, it's liberating. And even more, we've been promised something which is greater than our problem of bitterness. We've been promised the Holy Spirit. So how do we release people of the debt that we think that they owe us? I think that's bitterness. How do we release people? Of the debt that we think that they owe us. Of that thing that we say it's not fair. Of that thing that we say, I'm going to put justice into place because it is not fair. We're going to have a time of reflection and worship after this. As I said, this is just something to remind us. But I want to finish with a story. And maybe some of you know it. It's a famous Cory ten Boom story. ori tambom says ask for forgiveness to god and this de- depend on the spirit to make it real in your life we can allow bitterness to destroy us or we can allow god to develop us into the persons he wants us to be I was I was sharing about my experience in the Nazi camp somewhere and there was a face that when I saw, she says, he was working his way forward against the others. At one moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat, the next a blue uniform and a cap with skull and crossbones. I could see my sister, frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy was her name. That place was Ravensburg, Ravensbruck, and the man who was making his way forward had been a guard, one of the most cruel guards. now he was in front of me and he said your message was very good sister it was very good for you to say that all our sins are forgiven and they are at the bottom of the sea does he remember me I remember him quite vividly I was face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. He said, "You, may, you mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk. I was a guard there. Does he remember me?" She was thinking. But since that time, I've become a Christian. And I have come to terms to understand that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I've done. Sister, will you forgive me? And Corey writes, and I stood there. I whose sins had again and again been forgiven, but could not forgive Betsy, my sister, had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply just by asking me to forgive him? It could have been many seconds that he stood there and the hand held out. But to me, it seems ours. The message that God forgives, forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us and forgiveness is not an emotion i knew that too forgiveness is an act of will and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart jesus help me i prayed i can lift up my hands i can do that much please supply the feeling And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust out my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raised down my arm, sprang out into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth, warmth seemed to flood my whole being bringing tears into my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I said, with all my heart. And I realized that this is not my love. I have tried it on my own, and I have not had the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. So here we are, here I am, like all of you, bitterness stops us from growing. And we have been commanded that we need to be growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's unavoidable. So how do we tackle bitterness? We're going to have some time to pray and and worship, uh, but I'd like to pray with you this morning. As I said, not as an expert, but as a fellow Christian. Perhaps we need to talk with one another about this. Perhaps we need one another's help about this. We have covenanted for that. What does it mean for Cairns Road? We commit ourselves to proclaim Jesus as liberator and Lord through his spirit. To bring good news to the poor, to set free the oppressed, to be people of peace. We commit ourselves to each other and this congregation promising to love our brothers and sisters and to pray for each other. We commit to share our times, our decisions, our love and talents, our possessions for everyone's goods. We commit each other to God and to the word of His grace which is able to build us up. So my prayer this morning would be the same as John Stott prayed. John Stott used to pray, Lord, fill me today with your Holy Spirit and ripen the fruit of the Spirit in me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You that You have not left us alone, Lord, in this world, but You have given us the Holy Spirit. And thank You, Lord, for reminding us this morning... From your word about this tricky subject, Lord, bitterness. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves. So I would like to pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters here, Lord, that you today. by the power of your love, tuning us with your grace, fill us with your Holy Spirit. And in each and every one of us today, Lord, ripen the fruit of the Spirit for your own glory. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness in our lives. Help us to think of that when we need to forgive other people. Jesus, help us. Amen.